It's tricky to rock a rhyme, to rock a rhyme that's right on time. It's tricky. Hey, hey. Tricky, 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 tricky. Quite, quite hard. It's tricky. Talking, we're just talking. We thought you might want to Guys, welcome back to the Talking Podcast. We've missed you. We have missed you very, very much indeed. I've missed yes. you two more than I actually have. have. It's yeah, the first time I've seen you guys, guys in a while. How, um, how's everyone been feeling? Well, not not, not, not great. Very well. Oh, really? Well, we've all got the man flu a bit, haven't we? We have. Well, today as we're recording this, we we have, haven't we? Yeah. We're all we're all off sick. But today. I mean, it'd be worth catching up. Oh, where have you been? Um, I have been um in Spain pursuing my dog training career yep <laughs> yep how's it gone uh yeah pretty well um so muffin is doing quite well mm-hmm. he can jump over the, the bars now um without biting little children's toes um really? whereas um sparkles he's still just licking elbows classic sparkles <sighs> when will he learn well, that's what I asked them, but the he's Spanish, so I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> so I don't think he understands me. <laughs> Great. Uh, I've been up in the Highlands of Scotland learning, uh, well, two skills really. One is Highland dancing. Um, just, I think it's always useful, you know, when you're in a sort of academic career, um, to think through some sort of, of backup, mm-hmm. like in case your brain, you know, if you get hit around the head with something mm. or... It's good to have so a So like a big log if someone it, threw it. Yeah. Yeah, a backup skill. So if 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 you know everything fails, yeah. Highland dancing is where it's at. Yeah. Um I was also learning to toss cabers. Well that yeah, but that could risk the first thing I suppose. Sure, but these are some of the things you've got to do in life. That's yeah. true, especially in the Highlands. Um George, what have you been up to? So I've I've been in a small village just outside the Italian town of Naples learning to restore and sell on old penny farthings. Mm. Um, oh amazing. Just I, I think it's something I've always wanted to do. It's amazing to be able to get out there and, and learn how to do that. So yeah, it's been really, really fun. Yeah, really, really fun. Good, good sort of month it's been off. really good. So really good. Yeah. <laughs> Big wheel, um, little wheel, cardboard box. In in all seriousness, George, you've you've had some some fun excitement over the last month. Yeah. <gasps> we haven't recorded a podcast since then, have we? We haven't. We haven't. George, tell us what I, happened. I, um, I went and got myself engaged to a lady. You did? A real, a real life woman. A real life yeah. woman. Who has feelings and preferences too. She's crazy. And um, who in her, in her autonomy and strong individualistic nature um, chose to spend the rest of her life with me. Well, so we're going to get married. Excellent. Kind of wonderful, isn't that's it? That's good news. Amazing. Well done. So, um, yeah, well yeah, done, mate. How did yeah. you ask her? I was at the top of a mountain. I, we were skiing in France. Um, we had just got back from Naples at that point. And we <laughs> were... It was a really sunny day. Took her up to the top of a mountain called the Borsat, which we um, affectionately referred to as the Borat, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, took her up there, got down on one knee uh, and cried. And <laughs> through my tears, asked if she wanted to marry me. And she said yes. Strong place to ask her because she can't ski. So, so she, if yeah, she would have been left on her own if she if said she no. Know, so. so, would you say it was a mountain top experience? It was a mountain top experience. <laughs> definitely. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. So, I'll get married. That's exciting. The second of the three. Yeah. To to go. At least I'm, I'm partway there. Yep, you've got a girlfriend. Got a girlfriend. That's, that's yeah. a solid step on Body's the on the still on got the a girlfriend. I know, it's actually lasted. <laughs> Surprising. Excellent but, um, news. Well done. Yeah. Well done, Emily, really, for keeping going. Um, yeah. 
We do have to uh, shout out uh, Joel Bird. Joel Bird. Joel yes. Bird. Now, Joel Bird um, is someone we've been meaning to shout out for a while because I think he's really a an unheard voice in the in the fan base of the Talking Podcast. He is. Mm. Um, Joel, you are fantastic. We think you're one of the best people. And, um, um, even Ollie does, and he's never met you. So. And, and Jess Bird, his wife, also asked for a shout out, and Joel said, why would they say that? They don't know you. But Jess, we care about hey, you too. Hey Jess, we well, care it's about true you because too. I shouted out Joel, and I have no idea who he is. Exactly. So yeah, Jess, you yeah. rock. Um, the yeah. other people we need to shout out in our absence really are, are um, the wonderful Pete Hopper and, and John Buckridge oh, come for on. filling in last week. Um, I, I thought they did a terrible job though. Oh, did you? Well, I just just I took some notes actually whilst listening to it. Oh, okay. Wow. First thing I noticed, the phones weren't on silent. There was ringtones and text tones and emails coming off everywhere in the background. I know they chose to do it outside and sit outside and enjoy the birds. Don't mind hearing birds. Do you mind hearing little tweets, though? Don't I? Different type of tweet. Yeah. Um, Also, (laughs) they were wrong to say that we didn't listen to any of their suggestions. Pete, we did do an episode on cats, so meow. Um... Ollie, Ollie, this, is, this is this is like a New York Comics last show, isn't it? He's yeah. just like he's, he's done. This is the last jokes he's got. <laughs> they um they talked they talked about us on a on a kind of <clears throat> rating, like a kind of poshness rating, mm. um which I thought to be honest was probably quite accurate. Yeah. Joe being very posh, George being kind of a mixture between royalty and a Welsh coal miner, depending on his mood. <laughs> and I'm just trying to be cool but probably i'm a bit more middle class than i like to think <laughs> um, so that was that was an enjoyable moment of the podcast that was the one bit i did enjoy yeah the other bit just to mention <laughs> is that um john really wants to have a duel with you still george yeah Gosh. um but he particularly wants to do it with spoons i i, I would definitely i would be up for that and we could film it and put it on twitter okay yeah so that's anyway. what i have to say about them so yeah sure brilliant. they did a podcast but um brilliant Guys, Some thank critique. you so much, though. Critique. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Was, it, was really it. Fun. Um, we're sorry to have been away for so long, but we're, we're very glad to be back, aren't yes, we? we are. It's true, Absolutely. even though I feel terrible. Yeah, well, we'll get on to that. George, we're going to talk today about man flu, because mm. um, we're all suffering a bit, mm. um, and we thought it'd be worth defining that first. So, Although um, I feel much better after talking about Joel Bates. Anyway, yeah. Man flu, we said define it. The masculine influenza, or man flu, was first discovered in 1254 when a group of underworked and overpaid silk merchants from northern continental Europe began to feel suddenly and inconsolably ill when asked to perform a series of necessary but slightly arduous tasks. It wasn't long until man flu was an international epidemic and entire regions of men would fall victim to this most insidious disease. Families were separating, whole economies crashing. And that's when Poplong, the half-elephant, half-dragon hippo, came along. <laughs> Poplong had been watching the carnage of male influenza for decades from his secret hermitage high in the Adelanian Mountains and wondered how he could help. One day, he decided to make a journey to see the unmasked magician of Maidstone, who had been staying at a travel lodge not far from the M20 in southeast England. The unmasked magician shared Poplong's plight and immediately booked two tickets to Russia to see the masked magician of Siberia. On their arrival, it seemed that news of the epidemic had already reached the masked magician and Poplong used his half-elephant, half-dragon lips to kiss the magician better. But many days of three f- the three friends searched through the many campsites and static caravan estates, trying to find the uncle of Poplong and Emperor of Mars, the eminently great Estrine. Estrine told the three travellers that he had once a lo- long ago devised a remedy for influenza, but it hadn't worked. The three friends returned home because they had tried really hard, but nothing could be done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's 
No solution. No solution. No solution. But there was the the M20 existed in 1205. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Travel Lodge has been around. Pop Long had quite a lot after it was first discovered, though. Okay. okay. Pop Long, Pop Long is all of us in a sense. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh. Good to know. Um, boys, I thought it'd be good um, because uh, neither of us are trained medical professionals to try and diagnose Ollie. Oh yes. Okay. Um, Brilliant. So we thought we'd, we'd take a medical history. Um, George, why don't you ask a couple of questions? I have actually trained you in this, George, because I have. used to practice on George for my exams. You have. Hello, Mr. Snelling. Hello. We, you, we, is it okay to call you Ollie or Oliver? What do you prefer? Uh, Ollie's fine. Ollie's fine. Ollie, um, I'm Dr. White, um, and I'm going to be and assisting me today is Dr. Snelling, Hi. and we're just going to be doing a basic um, examination of your your throat. Is that right? You, you've got you've got some some pain in your throat. I have. Yeah. Great. So first, we just want to do a history. Have you always been fat? <laughs> um, when I was a little bit fatter when I was a kid, and then I stretched out when I grew. And then I got thinner when I played rugby, and then I stopped playing rugby, and now I'm chubby. Great, sweet. And your ears, have they always been freakishly small? Yeah. Compared to the size of your True, hand? actually. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I can see on your hands that you've got the standard five fingers. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've had any more or less fingers? <laughs> Polydactyly has always been a problem for me. Polydactyly. Um, so- sorry, Ollie. I can call you Ollie. Um, well, I don't understand what that word means, so we'll move on with the rest of the history. Uh, Mr. Snelling. Dr. Snelling. He might be a surgeon. He could be mister. I'm not. No. (laughs) Dr. Snelling, sorry. Um, I think it'd be worth addressing uh, the sort of level of pain that you're experiencing. Um, Could you tell us how much pain is in your throat um, from a level of uh, nettle sting to shark bite? (laughs) Um, I would say 11 cat scratches. Eleven cat scratches. 11. Okay, so that's, that's relatively that's, serious, but you know. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Big, sorry, big cat scratches. So a tiger. <laughs> tiger scratches. Okay. okay, right. This so is pretty somewhere, dangerous. Be, somewhere between a football to the face in the playground, and um, a girl breaking your heart yeah. comes the cat scratches. I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mr. Snelling, can you just open your mouth for a second, for everyone to hear? Um, <laughs> can you say E? <laughs> no, no. With a E with an R sound. <laughs> E with an R sound. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Ollie. That's actually two separate sounds. We now need Q with an S sound. <laughs> no, that's just an S. Um, we just need Q with an S sound. One syllable. Um, one, one sound. <laughs> sorry, it's really important. We obviously want to get you treated <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> Great. And Ollie, how many teeth do you have at the moment? Thirty. Uh, and you and you enjoy all of those. You enjoy all of those teeth? Um, not the ones at the back. Not the ones at the back. What's wrong with the ones at the back? They just get, they're a bit crowded. I, I asked them not to move in, but they said that they were allowed to em- emigrate because they were EU citizens. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we've we've got a diagnosis, Doctor. Yeah. Um, he's got a case of Brexit throat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brexit throat. Um, now, which could be solved by the referendum later this year. Absolutely, yeah. So, so we'll kick I mean, those immigrant teeth out. It's, it's all about... It's, it's <laughs> Obviously not a position oh, I would gosh, actually so take funny. in real life, but that was, in this case. That was a fun that was a fun history. Could you summarise for me? Um So um thank You're you. a fat man with small ears. <laughs> he the correct a number of uh, it feels like cat scratches. <laughs> the diagnosis uh, is I think cat you're scratches. Your throat. <laughs> Did a cat scratch your throat? No. Oh. Well we tried. Well done. Thanks. Um 
so that's the kind of man flu that Ollie's got. George, what kind of man flu have you got? I got um, I, I like, I got um, like poo problems. <laughs> um, Excellent. Right. That's probably all we need to hear. I think. Can yeah. I take a history? Got, think Please I ate, don't. Think I ate something dodgy <laughs> yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what's wrong with you? I've got a slightly different type of man flu. Um, <laughs> in the I had an operation on my toe. And that yeah, operation makes it sound so much more serious than it is. I mean, it was someone cut your nails for you. <laughs> you had a pedicure. Yeah, but under a medical anesthetic. pedicure. Medical. Medicure. I had thanks um, an ingrown toenail, and so I had to go for surgery for them to chop bits of my nail off um, uh, with some anesthetic. Uh, mm. And it was all going very, very well until I sort of passed out from what was <laughs> what going happened? on. Well, they were, you know, chopping away and doing all the stuff, and I was quite interested Pruning. to see what was going, what was going on down there. Um, but then, as they were sort of sticking stuff more and more into my feet, and I was watching, I think that all got to me a little bit, oh, um, and I felt somewhat dizzy. Uh, and they then suddenly went into doctor mode and started like lying me down and you know, until making... this point they were just having well you fun. know they were quite like chatty <laughs> they're quite chatty and informal for most yeah, of it and then yeah. suddenly they like switched mode very quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. get the um, crash cart sorted me out there was no crash carts <laughs> thankfully oh, it was not that intense um but you said you said a lot about sweating uh, yeah i sweated through my shirt and onto the sort of sheet on the, <laughs> through the sheet the, as well it was, it was pretty intense for a few minutes there um but th- thankfully i'm i'm, I'm all so right what now what was going through your head when this all was happening um mostly that i really didn't want to vomit mm. i'd sort of could feel like i was going to but it was like i really didn't want to and i kept sort of thinking i just need to sort of you know it'll be over in a minute it'll be over in a minute and then sort of the next sort of thing i sort of really remember was lying on my back looking at the ceiling kind of like oh uh Sorry, don't really so know what happened. At, at what point did the nice man put a sugary liquid in your mouth? He, um, <laughs> afterwards, I sat up and he said that um, I should have some of this de- dex- dextra gel, dextra gel, um, which has got sugar in it. Yeah. Mm. So cool. I had that. That helped. <laughs> Good. Um, yes, yeah, so it's a different you, type of man flu. How are you feeling now? Well, I've got a giant bandage on my foot. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit sore. Yeah. But I'm all right. How are you going to put shoes on? Because it's that, that's I'm sort of slightly concerned about how I'm going to go to work tomorrow without a shoe on. But mate, if you can't go to work, then... Well, especially I especially when you only you're found out that you were going to have it. a big bandage at five o'clock this evening. There's no, no way you can go into work I mean, tomorrow. I knew I was going to have a bandage. I hadn't realised it was going to be quite this large. Sure. And I think, you know, like if you, if you didn't know the bandage was going to be that big, then how can they expect you to go into work sure. accommodating the surprise that... It's true. To yeah, to you. I might just wear slippers. That'd be yeah. comfy as well. Yeah, and you might feel like more at home at work. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that could be quite nice. Um, Weirdly, do you remember that um, Tesco's advert where the guy that plays Doc Martin was in Tesco's in his pajamas? Might be an Asda. Do you remember it? We no, no, I don't remember, don't remember that. that. Please explain. Well, not long after that advert came out. Um, I went into Astro in my pyjamas and my slippers. I think I was just driven to town really quickly. Mm. And um, the security asked me to leave. And yeah. they just released this advert of someone being in their pyjamas in Asda. Goodness, well, that's not a very good um, kind of way of leading people, is it? No, not at all. Well, Martin Clunes can do it. We can all do it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I go with in life, which is why I run a small GP practice in the south of England. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not licensed, but neither is he. He's an actor. <laughs> 
Um, so you've got flu in your toe. Yeah. You've got flu in your bowels. Mm. And I've got flu in my throat. Why is it called man flu? Well, I mean, I think we're somewhat pushing the boundaries. Are of, we, though? Of man flu. But not really. Man flu, I think, is, is simply a term that men have invented to make their sniffles uh, slash slight ailments slash surgeries feel more important than they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my thought is that it all, it all sort of um, has developed from the wounded soldier kind of idea. Mm, that, okay. you know, that the idea of the man, you know, kind of really bearing a burden and carrying some real pain, you know. So for when, his country. So when there is, yeah, and for his family, you know. <laughs> and so when something actually comes along that makes him feel slightly worse for wear. Just taps into it's that. It's so much better to, you know, complete, to capitalise on that. And, and and if you like, implant yourself into the narrative that you want to be in. Because hmm. hmm. women will have, like, actual flu and kind of struggle on. Yeah. And tr- <laughs> I, think, I think it's interesting that we're talking about this subject because on Friday uh, last, this is we're recording when Monday. I'm very confused about when we are because I've just been ill for so long. Monday. Monday. On Friday, I had to do a presentation at a GP practice to talk about why we vaccinate children against flu. Mm. And it's because there's a vast um, misconception in the world. That the flu is just a bad cold, right? What we, what you, a lot of people fail to realise is that hundreds of people, maybe even thousands, some years, die from flu. Mm. It's a very They're mostly really illness. old anyway, though, Wait. right? Oh, but this isn't no. Like hundreds of kids, like children under the age of five, die really? from flu. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, not guys, to, vaccinate not, your kids. Not, not to believe. I agree. Not to believe I'm, that I'm harrowing totally. fact. Yeah. But um, the <laughs> Earl of Elam. Um, the late great Trevor White told me the difference in cold and flu. He said, "Son, no, he didn't." He said, "George, <laughs> my son, <clears throat> the heir of my dynasty." The difference between cold and flu is that if you have a cold and you're inside the lounge and you see outside of your French doors leading out to the patio a um, twenty-pound note floating idly by stuck between two pieces pieces of pieces of, pieces of gravel that have got just enough weight to hold that 20 pound note down but it's still fluttering in the wind you'd probably go out and get it but son George my son if you had the flu <laughs> you wouldn't yeah okay and that was how I was always to understand the difference how's that all I mean I think I think the idea is that obviously flu is a more serious illness Right. I mean, if you're gonna really simplify it, I mean, if you're gonna remove all the poetry, the <laughs> it was it was beautiful, especially the bits of gravel. Thanks um. so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the idea is that flu is an actual real illness that people like are properly taken out it with. Can, slash it it die can really from. take you out. But Whereas crazy, a cold's like a bit of a sniffle. Yeah. Crazy thing is that we can cure cancer these days. Some of it. Some of it. Yeah. More but people live no from cancer from the now. Common cold, have we? That's true. Isn't that just because it keeps like mutating? Well, that is a big part of it. Um, is that that's why vaccinations need to happen every year because each year there are different, different strains. strains. So the right. WHO, 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 the WHO, who? Oh dear, that's a terrible, terrible. Endless fun. Who are you talking about? Who? 
No, that's why I asked you. <laughs> Sorry, I could literally do this all day. I won't. Um, <laughs> this but, is why the NHS is failing. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's the terrible. nurse. It's, I think we need better health than the nurse. <laughs> that's all down to Jeremy Hunt. Um, we, no, each year, the WHO recommends the new strains that you should include in your vaccine. So each year, that's why you should get it every year. Huh. If you're an at-risk group or if you're eligible to get it. You I should. get it. Because we need to vaccinate over 75% of the population to acquire herd immunity. Mm. Like cows? <laughs> yes, that's the word we use, herd. Is that well. a group of people as a herd? Well, it's uh, the term herd immunity. Like a flock of sheep, herd of cows, herd of pride sheep. of lions, <laughs> and we just get herd. A murder of crows. murder of crows, Is that kind of thing. What, what do you call a, um, a couple of crows hanging out? Attempted murder. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Ka- kindness of ravens, as One Tree Hill so taught we, so us. We all know, we all know that um, mutants can be hurt, and obviously, I mean, maybe I don't know. Most clearly shown in X Men, that obviously they can sustain injuries. Yeah. Would mutants get a cold though? If their if their genome is constantly mutating, does it mean that they would get things like colds? Well, I guess it means that their cells could adapt around the cold to like. Wolverine certainly so would, Wolverine would heal pretty get a quickly. Cold, He'd be like, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, mm. that would be my guess. Well, it sounds like he's got a bit of a cold. Yeah, there was just a, just a thought. I think he's just Australian. Since mutants aren't real, maybe we should move on. Well, we should. And actually, well, do you know what? Do you know what's a really good cure for um, flu and cold and all of that? Yeah, whiskey. Whiskey. Lemon juice. Yeah. Hot water. Lemon juice. Echinacea. What's echinacea? What's echinacea? <laughs> um, it's a it's a it's a herbal remedy that. There's mixed evidence about whether you... But Dad sent me some in the post this week when he heard I was ill. That's great. I think huh. you, it's, it's one one part echinacea to a thousand parts water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other one, of course, is a, is a lovely cup of tea. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So why don't we try wow. that? For a cold. Should we do that? For a cold, for toes, for bowels, everything. Huh. Great. Yeah, let's have one. And now it's time for the part of the show where we present you with a fact or a fib. Fact or fib, fact or fib, fact or fib, fact or fib. The sneeziest of all the animal kingdom is the iguana. Fact <laughs> or fib. <laughs> all right, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Welcome, all right, back. welcome back. <laughs> what, guys? <laughs> laughing makes my head right. Um, George, tell us about this idea for your wedding. Oh my gosh, little tiny beers. So I've been trying to figure out. I mean, it's just been shot down profoundly by these two. But my, with some my, sound logic, my lovely fiance, um, Katie, or Kate for short. Um, has been trying to think of inventive ways for us to include beer in the wedding, which feels like something really special for me, which you guys have not entered no, into at all. Wholly, wholeheartedly into that idea. Let me just stop you. Let me just stop you first, because I think it breaks down here. Like, why do you need to be inventive with a way of having beer at the wedding? Let's just have no, beer. No, at the no, wedding. no, 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 no. But yeah, I, mean, no, I like the inventiveness. Guys, because no, okay, okay. you have something at a wedding, 
and then you feature something at a wedding. Okay. So what was it? Beer's going to be there anyway. Fear not. Okay. Like there will be a bar with beer, but it's like how can we make beer like a feature? Okay. As well as a beverage. Because you available? do like beer. I love beer. Okay. And so the, the idea. idea is the tiny little tankards filled with fine craft ale and then tiny little burgers next to it. I mean, our suggestion really along to this was why not a big burger and a, a big, big beer? beer. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I'm just, I was just trying to explain how brilliant my fiance is. No, she is. You guys are shocked. I, she is. Re- I actually really like that idea. Well done, Kate. <laughs> Great. Well, well, since we covered that, um, um, what's what's the what's what's the best excuse you guys have ever ever made um, for bringing in sick when you weren't really that sick? Um, I don't think I've ever done that. You're joking. Your uh, your boss is your boss listening to the podcast? Maybe. Um, mine isn't. Pre. Um, <laughs> the good thing. The what thing about is, school? Let's go. As school, a student, then. like I just don't have to. School was actually really hard up. because dad's Schools. a doctor and mum's a nurse, and so you couldn't really get away with it. Well, you could at boarding. That's the at best. Boarding bit. school, we could. That's a different thing. You just like. But at home, there was no way. It was like, no, you're fine. We'll check your temperature, and you're fine. Mm. Um. And even if we were ill, it was like, well, you can go anyway. I don't know. Like, maybe that was your experience, but they love me a lot more. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I was the favourite, so. No joke. But, like, I found that basically, like, they'd either have that reaction or if they were in a particularly, I don't know, compassionate mood that day, <laughs> then maybe you'd get, like, quite a lot of, like, oh, we'll come pick you up. Now, to be fair, this isn't an illness, but one one very interesting story about dad and medical stuff with me yeah. is that when I was mm, 15, maybe, yeah. I um, basically had an accident whilst playing basketball, and so I came down on my ankle and landed on it sideways, and there was a mighty crack, and it was just not very nice, and I was in lots of pain, and blah, blah. Turned out I'd, I'd um, ruptured two tendons in my ankle um, due to later um, magnetic resonance imaging data that we were able to uh, look at. Saying, yeah. Um, but basically, we used to live um, probably like 20 miles from school, so yeah, like a half an hour miles. drive yeah. or so. And then the the closest hospital was probably a five, ten mile drive, the other side of the school. So from dad to get to home to the hospital, we'd have to drive, you know, 35 miles or so. Yeah. Mm. Now, he managed to get to the hospital before the ambulance got there with me. I still don't know how he did that and he's still got a driving licence. That police driving course that he did. <laughs> yeah. My dad did a police driving course as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was one way that I really appreciated that. When I and broke then, my arm at school, dad phoned ahead to the hospital to warn them and make sure that I had like a, a great experience when I got there. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's good. Um, but yeah, tricking matron was lots easier. That was a lot easier. We just get to go in sick bay. I'm not very well. And then you put you upstairs in a room with a TV and Yeah. That's... Boarding school sounds amazing. It was good it was for really, that. Yeah, it's you, uh, great. Yeah, not that obviously I faked lots of illness and. No, but just occasionally you need a day off. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, it's like, Some companies nowadays have just just personal days that like. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're ill. If you just need a day off, you can just take a day off. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do that quite regularly. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, not. But allowed. then I'm as a student. As a student, I kind of feel like, um, that's okay. You're self-regulating that because I'm. It's my money. I'm you wasting. are your HR department. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I miss that about uni. I'm paying like for my education, so if I just want to waste a day, I'll pay for it later when I pay back my loan. But for now, 
I mean, obviously, the what further I get on it... would have the same opinion? Well, it's my loan, not theirs. That's true. But, sorry, Mum and Dad, I don't do that oh, very much. <laughs> um, but the other thing, obviously, is that morally, I feel like, training to be a doctor, I should probably go into uni probably as often as I can. For the sake of, like, people's lives and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just... Yeah. But then, obviously, I've got to care for myself as an ill person. Sure. So I'm actually, I'm revising today. And actually, yeah, in a sense, actually, no, 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 no. But in a sense, one of the big things that's being promoted at the moment, you'll back me up on this, is self-care. That's it's great awareness of self-care. Acts of emergency, not anything and everything. Yeah. So you took Although that's actually, basically because Jeremy Hill wants to save money. Well, that. Yeah, but well, yeah, it's, it's you're because modeling, we're massively you're underfunded in your departments. That's what you're doing right now. Yes, I'm looking Don't after myself. Don't worry about doctors. Just Google it. Who needs five years of medical training? Yeah, well, that's what. <laughs> Just Google it. Mr. You'll be fine. Mr. Hunt WebMD. Said. Um, sorry, there's a lot of a lot of anger towards the. Uh, um, I've got a drama. few reasons here online. Um, this this article is called "The Most Ridiculous Excuses for Skipping Work." Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Here's some. Number one, I just put a casserole in the oven. <laughs> Solid. Number two, my plastic surgery needed some tweaking to get it just right. Fair. Three, I was sitting in the bathroom and my feet and leg fell asleep. When I stood up, I fell and broke my ankle. <laughs> I mean, that's a solid excuse, admittedly <laughs> self-caused, but shouldn't get to work after that. <laughs> Four, I'd been in the casino all weekend and still had money left to play with on Monday morning. Again, like, you know, the logic sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Number five, I woke up in a good mood and didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> Again, best one yet. Yeah. Best one yet. Yeah. Number six, I probably shouldn't read. Um, number seven, oh, I gosh, got no, stuck what? in the blood pressure machine at the grocery store and couldn't get out. That's hilarious. <laughs> also, um, a good excuse. Like, if you can't get out, you can't get out. Yeah, yeah, number, totally. Number eight. I had a gallstone. I wanted to heal holistically. <laughs> yeah, not so keen. Number nine. I caught my uniform on fire by putting it in the microwave to dry. Yeah, trying to try and put a lot of effort into getting to work well. Yeah, the, yeah. the heart was there. And yeah. finally, number ten. I don't know what to say. I accidentally got on a plane. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> so at least it hasn't been that bad. You know, we no, are actually... We've, we've done it right. We actually yeah. have some real ailments. Well, the do- I literally had planned to go to college today. got into the um, place and the doctor was like, how are you getting home afterwards? And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to college. And he was like, no, you're not. So I yeah. came home. Well, I, I actually had very good intentions today as well, to the point that when I, I woke up this morning at 3am just feeling horrible and couldn't really get back to sleep, and the thing that was most concerning me was that I wasn't going to be able to go to uni today. Now, the reason for that is, genuinely, is because I really need to get a lot of my sign-offs done so I can start revision and all of this. And the next two days is a strike after this, so I won't have any teaching available to me. Mm. Mm. So I was a bit concerned. So I'm actually a bit annoyed I'm not at uni today. Um, we're not. No, we're no. glad that you've been around. No, it's been fun. Sort of it's definitely nicer us. being ill together. This is basically a, a sort of self-justification podcast. Yeah. Um, Still, I feel good about it. So, what's the illest you've been? The illest. I had two uh, operations on my testicles. <laughs> Just to sort of start the ball rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Let's have no more details. Um, great. Okay, that's George. Have you ever had surgery, Joe? Uh, I have. Although, other, other than your minor surgery well, today. Other than today. Yeah, no, I have. Your crazy um, toe surgery. <laughs> I didn't call it surgery. They <laughs> called did. it surgery. As in, that's what I'm saying. As in, like, it wasn't my decision no, to be I like, they're cutting you. my nails and I'm calling it surgery. Yeah. They called it surgery. I just yes. reported the facts. Yeah. Um, I have had surgery, although it was 
wasn't a cutty into me one. Right. In that I had to go under anaesthetic mm-hmm. and they took me into an operating theatre where they realigned the bones in my arm. Oh, yeah. They didn't Those actually are have fun. to cut into me. They just did it under x-ray and sort of yanked yeah. my arm around Brain a bit. realignment, yeah. Um, that what? hurt a lot afterwards. Mm. What did you say when you woke up from anaesthetic? Um, I think I said roughly 30 seconds after I'd woken up, um, where are my clothes? Let's go home. Or something to that effect. Nice. To which they were like, brilliant. No, no it's not going to happen. That's cool. I've had surgery, mate. I've not had surgery. Um, I've had my toe operation. I've had the same operation as Joe four or five times. And all times that it happened, my my father did the operation. You had that reduction that surgery, though, didn't you? As well. Um, I don't know if it's legal. <laughs> I guess it so, is. Father is inverted in inverted Father commas. is kind of like because all doctors are really like father figures to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So the doctors, yeah, I trust was, them like a like a, father, like a parental father. kind of sure. Um, mm. Yeah, paternalistic kind of figure in my life. Yeah, great. Um, but yeah, they they hurt. They do hurt. Yeah, they do hurt a lot. And they do like really stick things in your toes, and mm. that really doesn't sit nice. Yeah. Um, I haven't been like very ill otherwise. I actually like the last few months of it. I've this is the fifth lot of tonsillitis I've had like in the last like few months. Mm. Get some tonsils out. Well, that's why I asked my doctor recently, and he said I thoroughly recommend you don't do that. Oh, why? Because in adults, apparently, it's a really like horrible operation, and mm. it can lead to complications. Huh. But it used to be a very fashionable kind of surgery to do as children back in the, back in the day. Yeah, I, remember, I used to remember loads of my friends having their tonsils out yeah. when I was in primary school. My dad had his tonsils removed as a toddler. Yeah. Back in 1920. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so why no. then, the question I think is, do we just lump a lot of stuff together under man flu? Because man flu is more of an idea than a specific ailment. Man flu is the concept right. of, of illness, which, 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 you know, as much as we try, as much as we want to be at work, that we want to be productive and we want to contribute to society, this... Oh, annoying ailment is stopping us from doing it, and so, like, it's it's just I just think it's it's the general term for that that sort of un unavoidable pull towards um, watching Netflix when you really want to be out, you know, sending emails um, and um, and you know having meetings with your bosses and colleagues. I think like that thing of like, oh gosh, I've got to stay in and like watch Netflix and rest up. Um, so I think man flu is 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 that concept it's mm. the um it's the it's the tortured soulness of a um of a physically enamored male human yeah playing playing a bit of devil's advocate do you think that some people might argue that it's because the reason we we lump everything under one term is because as a race mankind are kind of known to males that is not mankind is a wider term for humankind male kind um, don't necessarily express their emotion or express what they're feeling as well so they just simply call it man flu well What's I think question? it's an easier way it's an it's a way of getting out of the fact that like basically I've got a bit of a headache and I'm a bit sniffly which feels pretty like weak mm. to admit that that's stopping you from doing the stuff that you want to do yeah and so by labeling it man flu it sort of gives it this uh air of something slightly more serious slash slightly jokey that sort of gets us out of having to actually be like yeah my nose is a bit runny so I don't want to come in today mm. 
Mm. I did read um, on the ever-reliable source, the Daily Mail, that there was um, evidence behind the fact that man flu does exist and to do with testosterone levels and so on. Um, Thankfully, the article underneath that on Google search list was an NHS website talking about how that was absolute rubbish. (laughs) Um, Daily Mail serving as well as ever. Daily Mail doing doing well. Um, So, yeah, basically, maybe we're just not very good at dealing with illness. And so we don't yeah. go into work as easily. Or, or just going back to what Joe said earlier. Or I mean, and this isn't a gender comment. This is just so, this is more a comment about the term. Is it just that we've we've caught onto something which has been all too often neglected within modernity, which is the idea that sometimes we want to have a rest day, but we mm. still feel we we're still too ashamed to just do that. Yeah. That actually, we're being quite progressive. Is is there a sense in which it's like actually we're being quite forward thinking when we when we do say something like man flu yeah, yeah I, I mean think it, it's actually perhaps it's our companies that are being more regressive yeah and being like no you can only have a day when you've like got some sort of physical symptom or something whereas yeah. actually that throws up a lot of questions about mental health as well well though. yeah it does yeah which is a very important thing because people will need days off for that yeah, and, and the anointing of the sick in the catholic church i mean where do you draw <laughs> the line in the sacramental tradition there yeah mm. a question yeah, yeah. I think all of us have got to wrestle with. Mm. 100%. Here's a question for you, because I've heard some women get offended by the term man flu. Is it like an anti-feminist statement? And what's the reasoning behind that? Well, I mean, I think think there is a sort of... um, There's this sort of... What it does, obviously, is it lumps together men and lumps together women and sort of says, all men are like this and all women are like this, which is never a good idea. So there's something of that. I think the other thing is that it tends to be a sort of slightly jokey thing of like, I've got man flu, so women should look after me. You know, my wife. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- should... I think th- I, I can see why someone get offended, but I don't think it's actually offensive. But I, from when I be, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this, but being introduced to man flu, it was it it, it seems very much to me as a feminine invention. Like as in the first time I heard man flu used, it would be wives of you know my friends dads from school being like oh, talking outside the school gates steve's home with man flu again jumping you know I mean? oh yeah kevin had man flu last week. it seems like yeah. it seems like a, a feminine thing a that derogatory has, has been term like, ba- basically like uh, all our husbands are being wimps we just man up woman up. Oh, okay woman do you see what woman i mean up, yeah, it, se- yeah. it, it seems like it's been propagated from the female gender well that's how i've understood Ooh, man interesting, flu interesting interesting Where's, okay. is, is nicola here she is nick Nicola, any thoughts on man flu? No. 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 As ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ever-elusive Nicola thank- Smelly. Thankfully, the World Wide Web has something for us yet again. Oh. If you go to manflu.info, <laughs> you'll find all the info you need about man flu. <laughs> Surprising, but yeah. Um, so, I'm just going to read out the kind of FAQ page for you. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, man flu is not simply a cold. Uh, of which the symptoms are greatly exaggerated by men. It's a serious and potentially life-threatening illness and will no doubt be on the health and safety executive list of reportable diseases. It is a distinct disease in its own right and should not be misdiagnosed as a mere common cold. And then it says, women can catch the flu. False. Man flu does not attack humans with the XX chromosome, only those with the XY chromosome. This genetic mutation... effectively immunises females against man flu. This may account for the reason that women widely believe that man flu is actually just the common cold, with a bit of damn extra drama thrown in for good measure. 
The best way to deal with man flu is just to get on with it. False. Extensive <laughs> research has proven that the only way to combat the crippling effects of man flu is to complete withdrawal to the sofa and uninterrupted moddy coddling by the wife or girlfriend. <laughs> Men have a slower recovery from man flu than women do from the common cold. True. The effects of man flu can linger for days and days compared with just a few hours for the common cold. <laughs> if the man is not permitted the correct period of convalescence following an attack of man flu, he can be plunged back into a critical condition. <laughs> man flu is simply a way for men to get sympathy slash time of work slash time in front of the telly. False. Man flu is a bona fide and debilitating illness. Why would men make such a meal of sort of that sort of thing? That's the pain excellent. Two more things, because oh, okay. it's just very funny. The pain and suffering of man flu is similar to that of childbirth. True. <laughs> Though at least with childbirth, it's all done and dusted in a few hours. But, man, <laughs> but a man flu can last for weeks. And finally, the best cure for man flu is a cocktail of night nurse, day nurse, chicken noodle soup and whiskey. False. There is no cure for man flu. Once infected, the afflicted can only hope that the gods roll the dice in the favour of life rather than slow, lingering death. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you to oh, manflu.info. And on that bombshell. No, I'm joking. I don't know how we're going to get better than that. Oh, okay. No, I... I uh, yeah. I can now see sort of how women could be offended by it. Yeah. Maybe that site was written by women, ironically. Yeah. I'd like to think so. Essentially. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, well, I mean, you know, perhaps this isn't the most exciting of topics, but it is relevant. Certainly to us. To us today. And maybe 50% of our listeners, assuming we have a, <laughs> a 50 I assume it skews somewhere around the, the you know, same as the population. Mm. Good. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another week done. Um, is it? Yeah, it is actually. Time up. It's kind of getting, getting very close to that sort of time. Huh. Um, and so it's with with deep sorrow that we say we'll see you in two weeks. I know yeah, it still it guys. does still pain us. It does. Um, um, it pains me in my toe. <laughs> that might not be the podcast thing though. Possibly not. Um, so um, yeah, it's goodbye for now, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> is, this, is this how every week is going to end? All right. Um, so. So we're done. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. I how we end. We've been it. No, he's been George. Oh yeah, he's been George. Look, guys, take a lesson from the master. Guys, it has been such a pleasure being with you again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support, encouragement, love, interaction. Keep on getting in touch with us on Twitter, TalkingPodcast.co, Instagram, Facebook, any way you want, or just call Ollie. On. No, don't. <laughs> don't, don't. Um, I'll edit it out. Um, thank you so much, guys. We, we've absolutely loved it. And for all of you suffering from man flu, please feel our deepest solidarity and sympathy today. He's been Ollie. He's been Joe. He's been George. And together we've been the, the Talking Ill Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> together we've been ill. Drop the mic. Bye.